Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we're continuing our devotional study series in the book of Psalms. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham. And we'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, folks. Uh, welcome. Uh, bit of a problem with the previous link, but we're back on now uh, with a new link. So we're going to look at Psalm 16. Uh, so have a look at it with you and uh, let's read Psalm 16 together. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in present pieces. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So uh, this uh, wonderful psalm uh, speaks about how for David, God is his refuge. And um, really in verses one to five A, he speaks about his resolve to put God first. And then in verses five B, through to verse 11, he speaks of the results of him, of his resolve to put God first. So there's the, the resolve to put God first, and then there are the results of his resolve to put God first. Now, really, in verse one, we get the theme coming through. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. David is saying that for all the vicissitudes of life, for all the ups and downs, uh, he is possibly feeling a little bit under threat even here. He says that God is the one in whom I take refuge. And so we see in this psalm David's single minded devotion to God. He throws his whole lot in with God. It's like he puts all his eggs in one basket, which is God. Now, a lot of uh People, investors will tell you if you've got a bit of spare money and you want to invest it, then it's a good idea to spread your risks. So don't put all your eggs in one basket, because if that basket fails, uh, if the stock exchange fails, for example, then you will go down with it. So spread your risks, you know, have a bit of property or put some money in in gold and and yes, and stocks. And then with the stocks, also spread those across different economies and different sectors of the economy spread your risks. Whereas David doesn't spread his risks. 
you know, it's so easy for us, isn't it, to sort of say, well, I'm trusting God, but I've also got, I, I mean, I've also got my pension. Um, I've also got my my job security. Um, I've also got my health. I'm trusting these things as well, really. I'm kind of functionally, I'm putting my trust in these things. Whereas David's quite clear, all my eggs are in one basket. That's the one thing that I'm trusting in. Uh, and uh, whatever else happens, that's the foundation of my security is God. And so uh, in verses one to five uh, A, he speaks of his resolve to put God first. And uh, he speaks of how, uh, who is his security? It is God. Uh, in you, I take my refuge. In verse two, he speaks of who is it it's that he looks to for his welfare? Uh, you, O Lord, from you comes all good things. In verse three, he speaks about who his associates will be. Those who are saints, he delights in them. Uh, then in verse four, he speaks of what, who he will worship, that he will not pour out libations to other gods. And in verse five, he speaks about who his greatest ambition is, that he wants to have his entire portion and cup will be in God. So let's just have a quick look at those, ver those verses a little bit more closely. So first of all, then, uh, he is saying, my God, keep me safe, my God. This is personal. This is not like data. You know, as Christians, we're not... Data from Star Trek. I don't know if you remember data from Star Trek. Um, very logical, very, you know, but no emotion chip. Um, I think they might have modified him later with an emotion chip. But basically, he was just logical. And that's not us. We're not just sort of like, I compute that God is real. Therefore, I will adjust my behavior accordingly. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's personal. It's my God. It's my Lord. You are my Lord. He knows God intimately and personally through a personal relationship that is experiential. And so he says, Lord, you are my God and my refuge. And uh, he says, I say to the Lord, apart from you, I have no good thing. Now, that is a radical thing to say, isn't it? To say that apart from God, we have no good thing. But it's a little bit like in Psalm 73 and verse 25. In Psalm 73, verse 25, there the psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Now, we're going to see a little bit later that there is a balance here. Um, but the foundation is this, that ultimately it is God alone who is my delight and the one who makes me, causes me to be fulfilled. In verse three, he speaks about how those who are saints in the land, those who are noble in the land, those are the ones in whom David puts his delight. And, and what we find here is that David is drawn to people of integrity and nobility, to the saints, to the people of God. Uh, and I think it's worth just noting that David isn't a monk. It's not just him and God all on his own, but actually he delights in the people of God. And we're reminded of one John, aren't we, where it tells us that if we love God, then we cannot help but love God's people as well, because God has intimately 
um, inextricably linked himself with his people. And therefore, we are drawn to God's people because first we are drawn to God. And it's worth just noting in this current environment, it's quite hard to be with God's people, isn't it? And normally we would just turn up at church and then, oh, look, there's other Christians here. Uh, or we go to group and, oh, wow, yes, there's other people. Whereas now we don't just have those opportunities. And therefore, we need to be more intentional. I just encourage you this week to continue to be intentional about loving God's people, whether that's a phone call, whether that's a message, whether that's saying, I will go to my Zoom community group. I don't really like Zoom so much, but I'd rather be with God's people on Zoom than not with God's people at all. Or, or I will go to this meeting, even though it means I'm wearing a mask and I don't like wearing masks, but I'd rather be with God's people um, than, than not or whatever. So take initiative, invite someone out for a drink on Friday night or whatever, you know, um, within safe boundaries and according to how you feel that it, that is appropriate for your current situation, we should reach out to one another. We should be drawn to be with one another. And that's what David says here. I delight in the saints in God's people. And then he says, those who run after other gods uh, will go from worse to worse. Their, their troubles will be multiplied. It's, it's, there will be trouble, there will be difficulty, there will be pain ultimately, if you love and serve other gods instead of the one true God. And so David says, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna make these people my heroes. No, 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 I, I love God's people, but I'm not following after the example of those who don't put God first. And then in verse five and six, he speaks about his inheritance, that God is his heritage, his inheritance. And this reminds us of how in the Old Testament, back in Numbers, we read that um, God's people, the, the priests, the Levites and the priests, particularly did not have an inheritance. They were not given any land. They were not given any kind of physical inheritance. They were told that their inheritance was God. And uh, so they, they were deprived of any kind of natural inheritance. They would get the tithes from the people, but they had no kind of inheritance because God was their inheritance. But actually, we're told in Exodus chapter uh, 19, I think it is, verse 6, that we are all priests of God. And certainly as we come into the New Testament, we know that to be the case, that we are all priests of God. And therefore, God is ultimately alone our inheritance. We have no other inheritance but him, and he's the one that we should put all of our trust in as our inheritance. Be thou my vision, thou my inheritance, now and always. And it reminds me of what Paul says in Philippians chapter one. Of course, Paul says in Philippians one that to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And again, in Philippians uh, chapter three and verse eight, he says that I consider everything rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. Everything else is garbage. He is my inheritance. He is the one in whom is my delight. Now, just to get the balance here, of course, uh, they, Paul does say in Philippians also that, you know, blessings also do come from God. And I, he knows the secret of being content when he has nothing, but also of being content when he has plenty, when he is well fed. And God also does give us blessings. And so David, the psalmist, says this as well. 
He says, the boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Yeah, there are times when God gives us wonderful boundaries, wonderful things to enjoy. Yesterday I was out, out in the countryside and I was actually just listening to this psalm. And this verse came up as I was just looking at this beautiful Hampshire countryside. And it says, you, you, the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. It's important for us to be grateful in this time uh, and to enjoy and to say thank you, Lord, for the inheritance that you have given me. But ultimately, David is clear that his inheritance is God. And so very quickly, just to say the results of his resolve to put God first. And the results are that he gets guidance from God. It tells us uh, that uh, he will, God counsels him. We know who is your counsellor? Well, it's good to have people who can counsel and we can talk to. But David says, Lord, you counsel me day and night. God is his guide. God is his security. He says in verse eight, I keep my eyes always on him. With him at my right hand, uh, I am cannot be shaken. It's like God is my right hand man. God is my security. He's my helper. He's at my right hand. Amazing to think that God should be at our right hand as our helper. He's our right hand man. And so God is with us and therefore we need not be shaken. And in verse nine, he says that my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. There is a gladness of heart that comes. There is a rejoicing that comes in God. And so in verse 10, he speaks of you will not abandon me to the grave or let your faithful one see decay. Now, obviously, this is applied to Jesus in the book of Acts, but he this is a prophecy of Jesus who would not be abandoned in the grave. But David is speaking here of life after death, of resurrection life and saying that even after death, even after life, Actually, there is still hope. There is resurrection life for us. And so finally, he says in verse 11, you have made known to me the path of life. Just get the impact of this wonderful final verse. You have made, um, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. We have this eternal joy, these eternal pleasures in him. Let me encourage you today to find your strength in God, to put your all your eggs in his basket as you go about your day, as you try to achieve things. Nevertheless, we find God is our refuge. He is our strength. And in him, there is joy, eternal joy. We can know him. We can enjoy him. We can enjoy his people and we can be fulfilled by knowing him alone. So in this psalm, we go from David, the refugee at the beginning, to David, the one who is supremely confident and secure because God is his refuge. And so let us pray. Lord, we ask you for all of us, for all those who are uh, watching today uh, and this week, that you would be with them, that they would know you as their security and their peace, their strength, and uh, Lord, whatever happens to us, whatever the ups and downs of life, that we would know what it is, oh God, to walk with you, to find our refuge in you. Uh, Lord God, that we might enjoy your presence, 
we might have your joy within our hearts. And Lord, that we may also enjoy your people and knowing your people as well as our inheritance. So we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.